Hi, everyone. This is Matt Price, one of the hosts for the longest-running Dynasty-focused podcast on the planet, the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Each week, we'll bring you an episode packed with relevant and actionable Dynasty information that you can use to help win your league. When I'm in the host chair, we might even play a game or two. We are always open to topic suggestions, so if there's something you'd like to hear us discuss, please let us know. Thanks for listening. and I have a trading problem. I am Rocky Pacella, and I also have a trading problem. I'm King Fassell, and I have a trading problem. Hey, everybody, and welcome to session 165 of the Trade Addicts Podcast, member of the DLF family of podcasts, also a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, the DAP Network, if you will, and we will. And I need... Seriously, patreon.com slash trade addicts pod. You could see right now as I'm doing my intro, Kane is literally boxing. Like he's warming up. He's getting ready. That's how psyched we are. Real quick, before we actually get started, I have two things I need to get off of my chest. First of all, knock, knock. Who's there? Little old lady. Little old lady who? Oh, man, I didn't know you could yodel. You know, little, little, little <laughs> lady good. who? I never heard that. My six-year-old daughter hit me with that today. I you, lost it. You never heard that before? No. <laughs> and I literally, I literally have to go, little old lady who? Oh, daddy, I didn't know you could look. You could yodel, little old little old lady who? I heard that when I was a kid. Like, <laughs> I like never heard that before. So you want to hear my wife's favorite one? Yes. Knock knock. Who's there? Dwayne. Dwayne who? Dwayne the bathtub. I'm drowning. <laughs> <laughs> Whitney loves that. I don't know why, but like she thinks it's the funniest thing in the world. Uh, I was kind of hoping like you'd hear her cracking up in the background just because she heard you say it. I think she's all the way downstairs. She's probably (laughs) enjoy. (laughs) She doesn't enjoy like overhearing me talk about football a few nights a week. Oh no, I am shut in my basement and my wife is up in the bedroom. Shoot. Oh man, I have to edit Dynasty Game Night still. And like, I'm sitting there at my, uh, you know, we work at the dining room table together and I'm sitting here trying to do it. She's like, oh my God, hun, shut that shit off. Shut that. <laughs> what are they saying? That is not English. Just stop it. <laughs> yeah, she has no interest in hearing any of that stuff. Um, but the second that. thing I need to get over, speaking of my beautiful, amazing, brilliant, amazing, beautiful, brilliant wife, um, we helped our friends plan a wedding recently. And 
after the wedding, we had we took a lot of her stuff back, and my wife is trying to make a nice gift for her, like a shadow box with the invitation and the cake topper because it was flat, so you can get it in there. Yeah. And she took her bouquet and dried the flowers and put it in resin to like make a nice like piece of it. And it was in there for like a week in the silicone mold for like a week. So we go to take it out. It wasn't dry. So we both ended up with epoxy all over our hands. We were almost those two a-holes with our hands glued together. <laughs> and we had to thank God, okay, Google and hey, Siri legitimately work because we couldn't use our hands to use our phones. And we couldn't get our eight-year-old to spell epoxy or resin correctly on his iPad to Google how to get it off. By the way, vinegar. Yeah. Had didn't know that. Uh, we tried soap. I, I almost went for some sandpaper. Like that's how desperate I was to like be able to open my hands. Like my hands, like she had her hands together. Mine were in fists and we were like almost stuck. It was a very rousing day in the Fisher household. I just, I, I needed that. to, I needed to say that stuff out loud. I don't, I don't even know why. I know it has nothing to do with anything, but I feel better now. Well, good. How you doing game? I'm good. You know, it, I this is a weird time of year, right? For for obviously, I'm a I'm a Debbie guy, I know college football guy. So this is like the last like month and a half have been like the dead period, yeah, for us, right? Because it's like you're also waiting for college football, and it this has been a dead period for recruiting, anyways, because right with the COVID, recruiting just opened up in June, and then you have like the draft that happened. And you can only talk so much about rookies before you've just said everything that you can say about like what their rookie profile looks like. Yeah. Um, so it's it's nice to you know have some time to not talk about that stuff, <laughs> um, even if it's just nonsense like we do a lot on the podcast. It's just nice to uh, have some time not being bombarded with like rookie questions. And it's like as soon as the draft happens, like uh, basically everyone's a rookie expert. Yeah. Right. So, so it's like you I can tell you all about everyone's profile, but like that's not gonna help you as much because it's not like I fully follow every NFL team as much as I do college football. Yeah, then you get into well, Kane, what should I do about trading into twenty twenty two instead of twenty one? Were you in my DMs this morning? Because <laughs> It's because what uh, else is, is there to ask? Like, it's, I, it's I honestly think that's a word for word. Um, <laughs> I got a, a guy that DMs me quite a bit about Debbie stuff. He goes, Mr. Debbie, sir, I haven't the slightest clue on Debbie. So I was wondering if you had any insight to the notion that the 2022 class is as bad as they say. And I was like, boy, do I have some thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have thoughts. One of question mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, I have many. Let me just go. Okay, I'm just going to tell you all my thoughts because, uh, well, I can say it here too. No, like the way that they're portraying it, it's not as bad as people think it is, right? The only reason why people think it's quote unquote bad is because we're comparing it to the last two draft classes, right? The last draft class, we had five quarterbacks go in the first round. That's not going to happen again. So anytime that doesn't happen, people are going to compare it to the year before and be like, well, this class sucks, right? Because we didn't have as many quarterbacks. And then we're still hung up on this 2020 draft class, right? Where there were six or seven running backs that were all producing. It's like, well, yeah, that can't happen. Mm -hmm. There's only 32 teams. 
So if that's happening every year, that means no running back ever is getting a second contract. And that means no running back ever is playing all four years. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what math says. So like we got to, we got to cool it with like, with, uh, we need to evaluate a class on its own, not by comparing it to past classes, because that's not, that doesn't help anyone. It's the reason why comps don't work. Right. If I'm comparing and if I'm just taking a comp from from USC where Clay Helton, their head coach, said that Drake London um, could be the next Mike Evans. Right. So what what does that comp mean? Right. Does that mean in play style? Does that mean in size? Does that mean in what he's going to do in the NFL? Does that mean his what his college production is going to look like? Does that mean he's going to have similar catches and stats? Like what does that mean? Right. So if you just make a comp and just throw it out on Twitter or on a podcast and not explain it, no one knows what you mean. Because there's so many different pieces of a comp. Right. So if I say that, like, you know, Mac Jones is the next Tom Brady, it's like, how? Because they play on the same team. Right. So let's say quarterback of the Patriots. Like, yeah, you're not quarterback super of the Patri- that's the only way that, like, they're similar. Right. But people can make that comp. Right. Because quarterback the same team. Well, see, what you got to do is you say something stupid like that, like Mac Jones is the next Tom Brady, and you just don't give any detail as to why. So you can later be like, oh, I thought you said he was this. And then you could just cherry pick one reason why they, why they match. There you go. That's I like that. I think I'm going to start doing that from now on. Like, because you, you just you, you built in the fact that you can pretty much always be right. Oh, well, they both have an R in their first yeah. name. So clearly they're just, you know, they comp well. Yeah, and you know you can either do that or you can do the fake outrage route, which I think is also good. Um, I'm so like that. actually right, no, the, fake the, outrage. The the straw man argument, right? It's like it's like oh, last time I heard JT wasn't a top five running back, and it's like no one was saying that. Like everyone thinks that Jonathan Taylor is a top five dynasty running. Everyone thinks that. So I don't know who you're, you're like cherry picking. Then they're like, but this person like four days ago had him sixth. And it's like, cool. A Oop. single person what? on Twitter is how you're basing this whole straw man argument. Like, get out of here. Oh, like, Twitter. Stop. <laughs> you're being foolish. I think this and just I'm started with asking how you were doing, by the way. I... <laughs> oh, I'm tired. Um, but, you know, that it's par for the course. It's It did not feel like a Monday. You know when you get to work and you're like, this is supposed to be a Monday and I was supposed to be rested from the weekend. And you're like, I don't feel rested at all. Nope. Well, I never really feel rested. So I guess I'm just used to that. Plus I still don't have to go in anywhere. Yeah. I'm still working from home, but like, so on Mondays I have to go into the office for two hours and check mail. Gotcha. And so like, that's such a stilted time, right? So you have a few hours where you're trying to get some stuff done and you're like, Ooh, I only have two hours where my key card works. And then you have to go in. And it's like, oh, it says I have to leave at noon. So then you have to leave at noon. It's like so stupid. And then you get back home and it's like, oh, why weren't you working for 10 minutes? It's like, well, I was walking out of the office and getting in my car and getting home and setting up my computer, you know. And it's like, oh, why weren't you working? And it's like, you need to calm down. Like, we got to just relax. Like, I know work is important, but like, I think some people might think it's, it's their only part of their life. And we got to bring back that work-life balance actually matters thing. We and had such a such a chance for that, and my my job did. show they just don't care. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think I think one way they actually show it at least a little bit, right, is, is if you're continuing to work from home, at least they like have that in their minds at least a little bit that like oh, you're no. still working from home. <laughs> After the show, I'll tell you the story about me still working from home. It is not <laughs> a good story. Well, at, at least for us, they're like, you know, if you don't ever want to come to, back to the office and that's cool with you and your manager, like do it. my job's not doing that (laughs) yeah i was straight up told we are not a company that lets people work remotely yeah there were some people pushing for that at my job too and it was like they're phasing us back and we're not going full-time until october but i'll never go back into the office just for meetings that's that's my goal but i don't know but i think it's I i think it's impressive even when like a few companies like open their eyes and be like oh People also did the same amount of work from home and sometimes even worked harder in some cases, and they still were allowed additional flexibility and all the work got done. It's like weird. Yep. Like that's fun. So <laughs> why don't we just keep doing that and supporting our workers? But instead, there's some places that are like, no, like that's just not happening. <laughs> yep. Like my place. Yeah. All right. Speaking of places and working and things, we skipped over the part of telling everyone who you are, what you do, oh. and where they can find what you do. Yeah. So you can find me on Twitter at Debbie underscore Kane. Um, you can find me on the podcast, the Debbie Marketplace. Um, the Debbie Marketplace is just a podcast where we talk about player values in a way to see if we should be trading for or trading away certain players and making sure we're getting the most for our, our Devi assets because they're not scoring any points for us. So we want to make sure that we're accruing value the way that we should be doing that. Um, you can also find me over on Headliner U on YouTube, which is um, the college football side of the fantasy headliners. Um, and that's pretty much what I do. I just do college football Devi stuff. Um, try to know about most college football players before they go into the NFL. That's the goal. Except defensive players and offensive linemen, I don't understand them. But, like, whatever. Yeah, nobody needs to understand those. It's fine. Nah, I'm not an IDP dude. There's enough IDP guys out there. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We don't have a lot of trade addicts trades, so we're going to do the trades. Then I'm going to let – we're going to fight. We're going to – like, I saw you warming up before. The yeah. fisticuffs. We're, yeah. We'll get into a little bit of a fight later on, and then we'll take some listener questions. You guys ready? Yep. Uh, trade addicts leagues, 12 teams, super flex, PPR, tight end premium with 1.75 points per tight end reception and 0.05 points for return yardage because still no TA1 trades. But we have a TA2 trade. This trade, Justin Fields and Tyler Boyd for AJ Brown. Debbie underscore Kane, how do you feel about it? Give me Fields. Yeah. Like that easily? Yeah. I think Fields is just a really good player. Um, It's cool, you know, to have like a top five, top seven wide receiver. But like that's not a necessity to win a fantasy football league. What is a necessity to win fantasy football leagues are quarterbacks in super flex leagues uh, because they give you the biggest bonus. And uh, I also think that Tyler Boyd isn't a slouch. So, like, you're getting a low-end wide receiver, too, mm-hmm. plus Justin Fields for eight. Like, I'm cool with it. Nito Mosquito on my part. Nito Mosquito. I like that. How do you feel, Rock? I'm, I'm on the opposite side of Kane here. I mean, 
If you had said two months ago, one or one oh two and Tyler Boyd or AJ Brown, I think everybody would say AJ Brown. And I agree with him. Well, I agree to some extent what he's saying about quarterbacks. Obviously, I don't totally agree. But, um, but, uh, but in terms of winning, you're talking. I mean, Justin Fields' value right now is in value. I mean, I- I'm with you. I like Justin Fields a lot. He was my QB too. But well, we don't know that he's a major. I mean, Mitchell Trubisky was a quarterback, and he wasn't helping people win fantasy championships. So uh, I'd rather take the proven guy. And again, I, I, like I said, if you convert this to the pick i i consider justin fields the one or two you convert it to the pick I, i'm not i wouldn't trade aj brown for the 102 and, and tyler boyd um just because i now know it's likely justin fields i'm not changing my mind on that and you know me anyway i, I i'll always take the elite position player over over the quarterback especially an unproven one wow the look on kane's face was fantastic okay <laughs> so there are a few things about this first of all this was me and i got aj brown I have been on a tear of going to get AJ Brown and I'm kind of this. The weird thing is I'm a little bit with Kane on this. If I didn't have already like four starting quarterbacks, I wouldn't have done this. I right. wouldn't and, have given... that's, and that's one of those like in a vacuum, right? What, what yeah. so I, I, I mean, we, we try and do that to help people gauge value, you yeah. know, but clearly we'll, I'll bring in the context because I can on this one because it's my team. So I have like, I think it's a uh, borough, Baker and Josh Allen still. And I forgot who I have another top end backup. Uh, And he picked fields out of all the quarterbacks. And what's really funny is I was curious as we're sitting here talking about it, about fields value and everything, what it is right now. So I went to the DLF trade analyzer and I typed it in. Justin Fields is worth 563.3. AJ Brown is worth 676.1. On the trade analyzer, below your trade, it says suggested additions to even out the trade. The first freaking player listed is Tyler Boyd. Yeah, so here's what I'll say in addition to Justin Fields, right? I I think I've made this argument a million times for all of these rookie quarterbacks and that their value is pretty insulated, right, for the first couple of years. And the biggest Mm -hmm. thing that they can do, right, to increase their value, it's not even play a game. It's to be named the starter of a team, right? That's the biggest boom that any rookie player can have for their value, right? As soon as they're named the rookie or the starter, let's say that Justin Fields, excuse me, is named the starter in like week four or five. Like he's, as soon as he's named the starter, he's a top 14 dynasty quarterback, probably at least a top 12 dynasty quarterback instantly. He's got to be top 14 now. He probably is. He's QB ten. Yeah. Well, glad you're quicker to sense. throw than I am on that one. <laughs> An ADP. Yeah. Like, and it, it, he's going to go up as soon as he's named the starter. Like, yeah, absolutely. So, if let's say that if I was receiving this Justin Fields side and I somehow was okay with, on quarterback, you know, without Justin Fields, like I was before the trade, as soon as he's named the starter, I would just trade Justin Fields. Yeah. Right in that week where he's named the starter, I would just trade him then. Because you're going to get so much value for him, and it happens every year, right? And or you can on the flip side is is the same thing, right? As soon as someone's named the starter, you don't want to trade for him. But if they have a bad first week, then send out offers for him, right? It's the same on both sides of the coin. Um, but I think those are both benefit beneficial times to be buying and selling players. I was bored, and I like AJ Brown. <laughs> I get that. 
<laughs> I mean, honestly, this was, I don't remember how this started, but this was Jerry. Jerry actually sent me an offer and it turned into this somehow. I don't even know anymore. But yes, I have been on an AJ Brown buying tear lately. And so I was glad to get another one. Yeah. Uh, looking at the ADP, I mean, I don't think it's a bad value wise trade. It's if it comes out to like 204 in a startup for 301 and a ninth. So, well, I mean, the analyzer has it almost even like, completely yeah. because it said it, like the, the top person to add to the trade <laughs> to make it even was Tyler Boyd, which is crazy because I didn't use it when because this was my offer in the end. And I didn't use it when I was sending it. And it just so happens to go. And then, of course, like two days later, Jerry sends me an offer of Tyler Boyd for my 22 first. And I'm just like, no, you took that guy. And like I, honestly, I was going to say no, regardless of what the offer was. I'm like, no, you took Boyd. You're going to take him and you're going to like him, uh, you know, just to have fun and everything. But uh, the, like, the only reason I was really OK, because I love Tyler Boyd, but I also have Higgins on my team. And again, it's not like I. you could probably still have both of them and be OK, but that seems good. And I didn't care. So I had fun. The end. OK. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we go to Trade Addicts 5. This is David Montgomery and DeAndre Hopkins for Antonio Gibson and Brandon Ayuk. I said that fast. One more time. DeAndre Hopkins and David Montgomery for Antonio Gibson and Brandon Ayuk. This is what we would call a classic case of are you trying to win this year? That's what I was just thinking. I'm looking at it. I would rather have those the top two probably on my team to score points. But I would probably take the Gibson and Ayuk side just because I think both of their value is, is beyond even what I feel it should be. But I, I think it's just higher than another side. Do you think Montgomery is going to outscore Gibson by that much? Um, no, probably not. But I think Hopkins is going to outscore Ayuk them by that much. Yeah. That I, but I think I think DeAndre, or David Montgomery is going to be much better than people think he's going to be. I agree. I, I, I've come around some on him. I, I kind of agree with Cam. I, I don't love him, but I still think he's much better than he's than people are giving him credit for. Because everyone thinks he's terrible, and the thing is, he's right. not terrible. <laughs> but my thing is, like, he did his best with Mitchell Trubisky behind the field because Mitchell Trubisky ran around like a chicken with his head cut off half the time, and. By no means is Justin Fields anything like that, but he's mobile. You know, they're going to have to respect the fact that Justin Fields is going to take off every once in a while. And that's good for a running back. You know, so if they luck into a couple of games with an easy schedule, then Montgomery, the problem is he won't have those games in a row like he did at the end of last year. But he's still going to end up probably as a top 10-ish running back, right? But I also think Gibson, especially with... Uh, Fitzmagic being there, I think, has a pretty similar outcome. Yeah, I was. I wanted to actually wanted to ask Kane, like, what do you think of Gibson? Because like, I I feel he's a little overrated, but I also can see where like with Fitzpatrick there, the offense has improved. They didn't take advantage of him as much as they should in the passing. Yeah, you know, I can definitely see the you know the outcome where he's he's even better than last year. So I'm just curious where, where you're at on Gibson. Um, yeah, so I'm lower on him than what seems to be at least the Twitter consensus because the Twitter consensus seems to be like, oh, he's a top like 12 or 13 running back. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to be the next hot thing. And right, I don't ever assume that someone is going to get a second contract, especially a running back. Mm-hmm. Um, so if the, if the question is, right, David Montgomery plus a wide receiver one or you know, a wide receiver two plus Antonio Gibson. 
Like if I'm trying to win, I want the better player. So I, the better player to me is DeAndre Hopkins. I think that's the player that matters the most in this trade. So if I'm trying to win, I go for it. And guess what? I don't. I still think DeAndre Hopkins has more than one year left, and oh, David yeah. Montgomery has at least two years left. And there's a good chance he gets a, a second contract somewhere, right? For two years, twelve million dollars, or two years, fifteen million dollars somewhere, right? And he plays for another year. Like if I get three years out of David Montgomery, it's easily that side of the trade for me. All right. Well, I'm even more sold now. Like, I mean, I was leading the Montgomery Hopkins side mostly because of Hopkins, but now I think I'm fully there. I do like Gibson though. I, you know, his touch his touchdowns would probably go down, and everything else I think might go up a bit. But I still like he's fun. I think that's what it comes down to, and I'm okay with that. Like everyone wants to, everyone wants everyone to be anyone any running back that can catch passes to be the next Kamara. And not everyone's going to be your top three running back. That's just the way the world has to be, right? Like you said before, that that's what math does. That math says that that not everyone could be top three. Right. So it's you know liking them for what they are. And I think they're both low end wide receiver ones with maybe not the safest floors either of them, just because of what teams they're on. But I like them. And yes, when it comes down to Hopkins versus Ayuk, we know what Hopkins is. We know what he is in that offense. I still don't think we know what Ayuk really is in that offense because we Not don't know what that offense Kittle is. Offense. Yeah, like it's it, it, no one was healthy last year, and it was, it was God knows what that offense is going to look like when Trey Lance takes over. Like that, can it look the same? Maybe, but I don't think it will. Like can they've sell, never had that dynamic of quarterback. Can you sell Ayuk for um, Debo Plus right now? Should be able to oh, like, for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's play. funny too, looking at this. I'm usually the guy who likes to take the points, and I, I'm I'm the one taking the opposite side. You're just, the way I look at it. I was just Gibson's worth more than Hopkins at this point, and I not in value, and Ayuk yeah. is worth more than Montgomery. So take them and and maybe flip them for something else. I don't know, yeah, but that's that's the big thing right now is the fact that you can't move Hopkins because he's older than 26. So. You, if you're taking him, you're taking him to play him. Or if you're one of those crazy people that have this weird thing called patience that I'm keep being told I need to have, and like are, are willing to wait a couple of weeks into the season to trade away Hopkins, then more power to you for having whatever that word was again. But I don't have that. So, but I, that doesn't seem like that's the play here. But I, yeah, I think we've talked about this one for long enough. So we're just going to move on. We have two trades from Trade Addicts 9. One of them, I was a little upset about both of them. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> let's let's do yours first, Rock. I was upset about one of them. <laughs> yeah, we all were. Austin Eckler, Jacob Harris, who I had to look up who that was, and a 22-second <laughs> for Joe Mixon. And I saw this go through, and I DM Rocky, and I'm like, oh, hey, man. I kind of like Eckler better anyway, so nice free pick. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, no, they're pretty much the same for me. So I'm, I'm speaking for you like you're not here. Yeah. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that is basically what it came down to. I, I, I'm with you. I think I might like Eckler a little bit too. I'm not I'm not 100% on that, but I think that it, they're, at worst, they're probably even, uh, at least in my estimation, in terms of value, in terms of likely production. Uh, I could see Eckler even with the higher, the higher ceiling because we've – Mixon's got all the talent in the world, but he never seems to pay off on it from a points perspective consistently. So free second and Jacob Harris, whatever. 
Yeah, still have no idea who that is. How do you feel about, <laughs> well, first, how do you feel about the values of Eckler and Mixon themselves before you have feel about the trade in general? Um, recently, I ha occasionally I've known to get a tad intoxicated and Go send on. out offers. I, I like, I like where this is league. going. I recently did that in the league. Um, woke up with Joe Mixon on my team. <laughs> What did I do? <laughs> I don't hate I don't hate having Joe Mixon on my team. Okay. What I hate is that I sent a 2022 late first, what should be a late first, and Allen Robinson. Oh. Joe Mixon. Ouch. <laughs> I mean, yeah. honestly, like, yeah, no, swapping them's probably yeah. right. I love Allen Robinson though, so I'm a little biased on that one. It's also but... a tiered it's also tiered PPR, so like running backs oh. just matter so much more. Yeah. And it's hard to get running backs I've tried forever. Um, so apparently that's what it cost me. Um, but yeah, I like Joe Mixon. Like Joe Mixon's fine. I think he's going to be fine if he's healthy. Like I don't, that's obviously the main question, right? The exact same question as Austin Eckler. Right? Yep. Are they going to be healthy? Would if they both stay healthy, Eckler probably outscores Mixon by like a point and a half per game. I was about so to say, not, per game or on the season, though? Because, I mean, those are yeah, probably per game. <laughs> That'd be very precise uh, yeah. calculations there. I am really, really good at numbers. I don't think I don't think know this, but like, they call me the number. you sure you're not an analytics guy, Kane? I am not, but I'm very good at numbers. I just get senses about them. No, um, I, I think probably about a point and a half a game or so on average, just because of the pass catching work. Obviously, mm. he's going to get more of that than, than Mixon is. But I, I think Mixon is still going to be effective as long as he's healthy because uh, we want to play the game of who else do they have. Someone name me the starting or the backup running back for the Bengals. Samaji P. Ryan. Someone name me a good backup running back for the Bengals. Oh, I, I don't Williams. know if he's good, but I was going to mention Captain America. Captain America, Chris <laughs> Evans. But, but you know what I mean? It's like there's just a bunch of guys. Yeah, I know. It's I just, just happen to know their names. <laughs> but Gio, Gio Bernard being gone is only going to help Joe Mixon. Mixon, and they have yeah. a little more faith in Joe Mixon. So I'm I'm cool with it. If if you are a Mixon guy, um, if you like mixing it up, but I would prefer to have Austin Eckler. If you like second. mixing it up. Nice. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. So let's get this. Let's get this last one. This was Chris Carson, Evan Engram, and a twenty-two third for TJ Hawkinson. This is one point seven five tight end premium. Yeah. Well, that's easy. Yeah. So here's the thing. <laughs> we in this league have been going nuts trying to get Hawkinson. Everyone, like the three or four people. And at some point, I think it was Jason Real, who was, I think that's who it was, who had him, who was a guest on our show a couple, like a month or so ago. And he's just like, you know what? I appreciate it. I'm just, I'm going to hold him for a while, which was the smart move because we were all going nuts <laughs> trying to get him. So he's playing the slow game. And then all of a sudden, like two weeks later, this trade happens. And we're just like, wait, what? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, yeah. Easily Hawk in this i mean i love chris carson i think i'm con contractually ob obligated to love chris carson as a seahawks fan but he is again one of those players where, where he's healthy he's awesome and again because they have no one behind him to, to really steal touches like dj dallas just isn't going to be a thing i honestly 
what they brought back Alex Collins. Like the fact that, that we had to use the phrase brought back, you know, it doesn't <laughs> just shows that he's not going to do anything either. So Chris right. Carson will absolutely be the guy. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, Evan Engram, man, like maybe having all those other pieces around will be good for Engram, but like, I don't know. And then a third is who cares? Mm-hmm. Like it just hurts. Like cause I feel like what I offered was better. And what did he take my trade? Like that's really what it comes down to. We, we talk about our hot club pretty much every week at this point now. So anyway, so yeah, I mean, I don't think there's much else to say on this one. And, and I feel like nobody wants Evan. Ingram. I was surprised he was the tight end included in this trade. Like try trading Evan Ingram for any, anything of value know, right, right now. So yeah, I mean, I like Carson too, but Carson and a tight end nobody wants doesn't equal Hawk, who's about to, I think, explode, get that third-year breakout in a 1.75. Well, especially when they have to throw to someone. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Terrell, the gazelle <laughs> gonna, season, baby. It's going to lead that team in targets. Quintus Cephas, baby. <laughs> I actually I have acquired a ton of shares of Quintus Cephas in this non-point scoring it's season. It's not a so bad call. Too. It's, so, it's so cheap. But yeah, that's, that's what, what I'm hearing. Saying. That's what I'm hearing too about Evan Ingram. I might as well just go out and send some trades for him because, like, it's not like anyone yeah. is yeah trying. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, even in a even in a premium, like he's he's not worth a first right nope. at this point. I mean, I don't know if you can get him for a second, but that's what you should be getting. Well, sending. So who the hell knows? Yeah, worth a shot, right? Well, and so it's a second I, I in a horrible draft next year, right, Kane? we'll get into that in a second Um, but i was was just gonna say if you are an evan ingram like somewhat believer i would send like ferkser and a third for evan ingram yeah like the ferkser breakout's not gonna happen no, and I, actually, I, have, I have some Ferkser shares from before the the Julio stuff and everything. Yep, I I think I'm going to try that. I, I well, I'm I a little bit of an Engram believer. Still, people are really high on Ferkser for a reason that I have yet to determine. Yeah, um, like it, it's just like oh, I really like like I drafted him in the Debbie best ball, one of the Debbie best ball leagues, and they're like, I you snipe me in round like 28. I was like, cool. If you liked him, you shouldn't have waited until round like 20, whatever, right? Like, if you liked a player, you shouldn't have waited that long. So I, I don't think that he's actually, like, a target for people. But if someone is like, oh, you know, he could be something, I would trade him in a third for Evan Ingram. And I feel like you would still win that trade and get better value next year for Evan Ingram than Ferkser in a third. So you might as well go for it. I don't see a reason not to. Always, It's always worth a shot. And that, I mean, that's pretty much my answer for everything. <sighs> okay, that was the last trade addicts trade we have. You ready, Kane? You ready to do uh, this? Give me one second. I gotta turn on the fan before I get I get heated up here. You like that? He has to he has to cool himself <laughs> yeah, down before he gets ready to fight. I like I uh, do like that. Oh, I thought he was. Right. I know. I thought he was gonna turn out the lights. Too. <laughs> like, who, who pulls the right cord first on a fan? That's what I want to know. <laughs> What's that? A witch. That's it. Like I would have started calling you a witch if you pulled the right cord first. Like no one ever Dude, pulls the right. I went cord over first. to the wall and I turned. Still turn the light off. Like I've lived <laughs> in this house for over a year and I'm in this room all the time. Like and I hit the light and I was like, no, that's not the fan. Yeah. My house. Like the person who designed this house just loved light switches. Like every sink, and where there should be one, there's four. Yeah. They like for some reason they needed a light switch for outlets everywhere in every freaking room. I was just like, 
We don't have floor lamps. No one has floor lamps in a room with overhead lighting. Why do I need something that's a switch to control this? Yeah, everywhere. For, for, for our base or for our um, living room, we have three lights, three light switches that are the same. Well, that's the worst because then it drives me nuts that they can't be like down is off because they're all screwed up on the circuit, you know, which is which. And so, and then there's one other light where you can't have both down and it would be off. So it's Mm -hmm. terrifying. I hate it. My wife, OCD and anxiety is like through the roof when we moved in. She goes, this isn't okay. (laughs) Like, Yeah. We, uh, uh, you just got to start. Like what I did was I decorated light switches. So I knew what they were for. Like, uh, I know what the, the cat does, the kitchen lights. So, you know, I started like just, you That's know, just putting stickers to things. So I knew what they were for. Cause otherwise you said, they're like, nope, click, click. Nope. Click, click. I knew it was the last click. Wait, it wasn't that one either. What the, and then it was really the second one. And you just, you didn't notice it when you first like, I, oh, so many damn lights, which is okay. But man, we're off topic. Yeah. So trade talks. Yeah. Let's, let's talk. Let's talk about not talking. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about. Wow, Rocky ran away. You like that? We we get started and he just like cuts his camera. Uh, Okay. I don't remember. This was a poll, I think, how you recently, because this is something you've been talking about for a while now. Yeah. I I know that for sure. You know, we've talked to, I think you were probably, we probably talk about this every time you're on this show. Probably. But whatever. Uh, Recently, you put out a Twitter poll saying it was something along the lines of do you need to talk to the person you're trading with? Something along those lines, yes or no? And Something like that, yeah. I, I think it was like having like 70 30 in, in the lines of yes, like you should be talking to the person you're trading with. Yeah. And you had words about that. Mm-hmm. So why don't you give us those words about that? Okay. So the, the first thing that we need to clear up is if we didn't have a system in which to send trades and have a comment box why would we ever need to talk about a trade? So like, that's the first thing, right? If we have this site, right, where you can put in thoughts and send a trade at the same time, why do you and I have to talk outside of this to get a trade done? Because it's fun. Right, we can, but here's the thing, like Russ, you and I are friends. Like we talk about random things all the time. But I don't have to talk to you about a trade. Like, if if your league is so bad at communicating uh, and you're friends with these people and you're so bad about communicating and the only thing that you have left to talk about in, in your <laughs> lives are trades, well, then I think you need to be first better at communicating. Like, I think that needs to be talked about first. And, like, if you're holding people to this just because you need to talk to them about it, well, then, like, that's not an effective method of communication. And that's not effective to actually get trades done. Because if someone is willingly saying that they will only do trades if they talk about it first, well, then you're leaving out a whole market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there should never be a only. That, that's for damn sure. Right. And so, like, let, let's say that we, you and I have, we don't talk often and we don't talk, and all we really talk about is fantasy football, right? And, and I, let's say you send me a message, right? And you say, what do you want for player X? And then I say the same thing that everyone always says. Well, what do you want to give me for player X? And then you say, I don't know. 
tell me what you want. And I say, just send me an offer then. And you say, I don't want to send an offer. And then see, that was just a waste of minutes. Like that exchange, you did what? You learned nothing. You got pissed off. And like, it it didn't help anyone, but like people cling so much to that idea that you just need to have communication. I think you can have effective communication. And I think that helps trades, right? Mm -hmm. If, if I send a message to Russ, like, cause I think last year I traded you a tight end or a wide receiver or something, and you were making a push for the playoffs and I wasn't right. I said, I I think I sent a trade and I said, I just messaged you and you, I was like, you need a wide receiver. And you were like, yes. And I said, I sent you a trade. And you looked at it. And you said, that's a little too much. And I said, okay. And then you messaged me back and said, sent a counter. And then I accepted the trade. Right. It's not like that's the fact that we can have communication, but like the crux, right? And that's why we have this same talk every like few weeks on Twitter, right? is that we ha- it has to go through the system. Because over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, we all see on Twitter these these questions of like, it was accepted through a message, but now they don't want to do the trade. Do we force them to do the trade? Nope. No. Because, because why? Oh, because we had this system the whole time that told us that we could just send trades back and forth. And we could accept or decline or even counter, heaven forbid, with a comment. And this whole time, we could have just been doing that. Instead, we have to have this pointless conversation, this pointless atiate back and forth. It's stupid. You did? So those are my thoughts. Okay. So let me tell you why you're wrong. Okay. I'm not, but go ahead. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, so here's the thing. You, you said the most important thing towards the beginning. You can't only do something. You, you know, you can't only trade by community, you know, through conversation. That, that, that's not the way that works. Because like you said, you're knocking out so many people because that just like imagine just saying, I'm not going to trade with Shane Manila because he don't want to talk to anybody. And right. the amount that dude trades like you're you're knocking out like one of the most active traders ever. Like that's just dumb. So ne- like there's you should never only do something. You should absolutely be be like water. You know, you should absolutely be open to whatever the person you're dealing with is because that's like you said before, that's how you're good at communication in general. You you can't talk the same way to every single person. Like right. you know, like I oh, oh I am who I am. I talk like I do, but yeah, but kind of. But you still talk differently when you're talking to different people. You have a different level of respect for different people. You have to show a different level of respect for different people. And there's just different people that you just I don't curse nearly as much when I talk to certain people. There's certain people I curse more when I talk to them. Freaking Rocky's always setting me off, and I can't curse on the show because I don't want to edit it, but he just makes me want to just... Well, I already said I wish that was true. I wish I had something I could even think about to make that valid, but there's just nothing there. I I already flipped out some swear words, so sorry, Russ. No, 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 I'm not changing anything at this point. Okay. Uh, I, I even left him one of Robbie's because I forgot to write down where it was last week. And I'm just like, nope, leaving it. <laughs> uh, okay, so here's my thing. Here's See, the problem is you're angry about people that don't communicate effectively. Is really what it comes to. Like, the conversation right. you had is the annoying one that happens too often. I think and that's the, what, what do you, what, if you had to put a percentage like of, of your trade talks, how many of them end up in the exact talk that I said? I 
two years ago, a lot of them. Right. Now, not as much, uh, especially because, you know, I don't join that many new leagues and stuff like that. You know, I know a lot of the people I play with at this point, or it's a trade addicts league with people I've never met, but it's a freaking trade addicts league. So you just go nuts anyway. Right. So like that, that's to me, the biggest difference is if you learn to like, maybe that's just something we need to do. We need to have an episode on how to actually communicate when wanting to have trade talks, because you don't, how do you value X? more than you do so you send me a better offer like I, there's right. there's ways you have to ask questions there's way you go about things now i'm not talking like it's funny i used to listen to you know back when i listened to podcasts and you know lived in the world uh the road of the it's now the road of his trade cast uh and dan Senio and nathan powell will always just be like I'll have this one guy and he's the aim of this trade. But what I'll do is I'll come in talking about another guy and I'll just be like throwing this guy. like, And they would talk about these strategies that would make my head spin. And it's just like, well, good for you, man. I just like saying, hey, give me Tyler Boyd. <laughs> like, you know, there's there's so many ways to go about this. But the truth is, like, you can't just say, what do you want for this guy? Or how much do you value this guy? Like, there, you have to go in like... Like Kane even said when we were doing before, how little talking there was, but it was effective. It didn't need to be more. Russ, you need a wide receiver. Oh, crap. Yeah, I do. Here, here's an offer. I don't want to pay that much. Here, what about this offer? And yes, what Kane says is very true. All of that is one sentence stuff you can put in the comments. I do prefer, like, while I do put comments in almost everything, or I prefer to have that as in a DM instead of just in the comments, even though, again, you should always leave comments. Because I like, well, Kane and Rocky and I, we're very good friends off of fantasy football. You know, we know about right. each other's lives and stuff like that. That doesn't mean I don't want to talk about fantasy football with you. <laughs> like, I mean, I talk, you know, talking with these guys, I learn things about people. You know, if like that first trade where you sent me, I mean, we're not going to pretend to remember who it was, one player that you valued more, finding out why you valued him more, like, don't get me wrong. Like, it could be like, oh, I was just trying to get, you know, trying to get value on it. Like, you know, I don't think he's worth more. I was just trying for it. You know, cool. That's awesome. But again, you're learning something about that person, how they play and all of that stuff. And and it's not being sneaky. Again, I, I'm I'm not clever enough to be sneaky with trade stuff. I'm far too honest about it. But I think being able to talk, you learn about how a person plays, and it leads for better negotiations down the line. But yes, if it really is, what do you want for this guy? That will not get you anywhere, ever. Like, okay, once it will. I'm sure it once, because I'm sure someone's like, yo, this one time, I just said, what do you want for this guy? He said, that guy, and we did that trade. Unicorns, cool. baby. That's what you are. Unicorns. Beautiful, majestic unicorns. But oh, it, when it, it comes, wasn't, it wasn't a wide receiver. It was a tight end. I just looked it up because he did need a tight end. <laughs> so I traded you Robert Tanyan. Oh yeah, that's oh, that's right. Yeah, I think I still have him. Uh, hmm. I, I think I'm talking in circles at this point. I think we both really have the same point. Effective communication is better than the crap communication. But if you have to have the crap communication, you might as well just not do it. Right. I think that's <laughs> a simple point. Yes. And, 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 my, my, all this started right from one comment that all I said was negotiating through a chat is not needed 
when it comes to making trades. Because to me, it's not needed, right? I can just send you a trade and you either like it or you don't, right? There's, there's, that's the only buttons you have. Well, see, the thing is like, if it's okay. Back to like the beginning of the show where like not this show, but like of trade addicts where I got myself in a lot of trouble because I told everyone that um, my first offer is never my best. It's usually by my third. <laughs> um, and so now people used to just start, well, not anymore because I had to stop doing that. Everyone's like, just, just Ross, give me your third offer. I'm like, oh, crap. Uh, like sometimes I said bad offers. I absolutely do. Most of them go to Rocky, you know, but yeah, like every once in a while. Sometimes. So I said, most, I said well, for you it's most of them it, it's fun uh, but like if I send an offer that I think is insanely fair and someone just goes no way I, I legitimately am curious I again maybe that's just me maybe that's just why I do all of this show and all of that stuff but like I love having that conversation of value and honestly like I have absolutely grown from that because I, I remember at the end of last year I was going through like a crisis of how to, and a lot of it was Rocky's fault of how to put production into trade value. Because to me, it was just, just value, like value mattered, but we're scoring points and that matters. So like having conversations with Rocky and then of course Rocky joining the show and all of that stuff, like I learned a lot, you know, from stuff like that. So that's why I like having conversations right. but, but but let's be real like the conversations that you're talking about that actually get to like the why didn't you like that trade happen maybe one out of every 100 times right that's not the normal conversation that you have about trades and and the thing that that gets me right is like i don't actually have to tell you why i accepted a trade why i declined a trade oh, absolutely no because like it doesn't matter like why do i have to tell you if i'm higher on a player that just means that you're going to want me to pay more for a certain player in a different league or whatever mm -hmm. right because we play with similar people most of the time right so yeah. in different leagues they're just going to be like well i know he likes this player let's make him pay more like so i don't i'm not going to tell you also to someone in my home league i'm not going to rank my players for you in order of who I like the most to who I don't like the most based on position. Like that's not going to happen. And I'm sorry. <laughs> I've gotten that before too. <laughs> hey, how do you rank the running backs you have? How do you rank the running backs? That I have? <laughs> it's like, which one do you like the least? The one that uh, probably will never start, I guess. Like if you want to trade me for like Trevion Williams or something. I, like, I think I still have CJ Procise on a roster. Does that yeah, count? Like, like, yeah. like get it, you know, like, but, but I'm not going to – I don't have to go out of my way to make things incredibly easy for you. But if you ask me what I want for a player and I tell you, I'm not going less than what I've told you, right? So if you think, oh, he's just saying this and that's like – that's just in the ballpark. No, that's literally what I want. Like I'm not trying to make this difficult. If I send you an offer and you want me to add more to it, I will decline because I already sent you the best offer that I had. I don't want to waste time. I have listened to John Bosch too many times that basically if there's, if I know what I want and I send it and you decline it, well, then I move on. It's like, so I funny. I, I love that Bosch and I are very good friends because we are, like bizarro each other when it comes to trading 
<laughs> like it's oh, so. Josh and I send messages that we get from people back and forth, where it's like, "You didn't respond to any of my trades." He goes, "Yeah, I did. I declined." I rejected him. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, and then one was like, "You didn't respond to any of my trades." It's like he's like, "Yeah, you wanted my picks, and I made those picks." <laughs> so, so, well, what do you want? Why do I have to go through and decline all your trades if I just want to make the pick? Like it, it's goofy. Like, but I think I think a lot of this, right? It like I, it's not that I enjoy communicating through a chat. I don't mind if it's effective communication, but most of the time mm. it's not effective. And if we're mm. just gonna dance around the whole time because you won't send an offer, like, then I don't know how to help you. You messaged me. I don't have to go out of my way to tell you exactly what I want for a player. Okay, now that's I have what a, people want. Oh yeah, they want to make it easy. Okay, but okay, is if I came to you and I said, "What direction are you taking your team?" Like, are, I'm trying to come up with questions that I, I would ask, or I think people would ask, to see if you think they are helpful, if they are strong communication. Yep, and I would you answer think it's that, I would answer that question the same every time. I'm trying to win. It might not be this year. But I'm trying to win in some year. Okay. But you make acquisitions differently whether you're trying to win this year or three years from now. Let's be real. If you can't look at one of my teams, Russ, and, and see, like, oh, he's competing or, oh, he's not competing. And don't give me the nonsense of, oh, certain people might think that they're competing with lesser pieces. I don't care. I'm Rocky and I have gone back and forth in Trade Addicts 3, where I like his team so much more than he does, yes. where I keep him like, dude, here, go, go take Adam Thielen. You're going to look. He's like, dude, I'm rebuilding. What are you talking about? I'm like, really? Your team is great. What are you doing? Like, so, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't, we're only, are we only in one league together? That's weird. Uh, and I don't really remember what TA8 looks like anymore these days. But, yeah. I don't know I, what I said Lawrence, so I'm on the way up, baby. Oh, yeah, that's I remember that. Um, yeah, I probably made the biggest yeah. trade you'll ever see for Trevor Lawrence for the 101. Yeah, we talked about it. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, and I remember just being like, everyone's like, oh, uh, uh. well, Kane just really likes Trevor Lawrence. Okay, well, if you like Trevor Lawrence, then I guess you got to go do that. And the <laughs> kicker is if the guy would have listened to the podcast, my podcast, I would have paid more. Wow. Yeah, I remember that. I think you said you would like, have him, sent like the Robert. I think you specifically one, said Robert Woods on the podcast. Yeah, or something like I, that. I I sent the 105 and Joe Burrow for the 101. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and that was my trade, and he accepted it. But if you would have waited 30, 30 minutes and listened to my podcast, I would have also added Robert Woods to the trade. <laughs> I still think the value of 105 and Joe Burrow for Trevor Lawrence, when you stop and think about it, makes perfect sense. It's just well, a scary one to do. I know. I just believe that let's say that Trevor Lawrence does anywhere near what Justin Herbert does. He's the 102 in startups. He'll probably be the 101 because, I mean, we went nuts putting so many quarterbacks as QB1. Well, let's be real. Like, he, it's going to be he and Mahomes in the in the conversation, right? Let, let's, It'll be like the Mahomes-Lamar uh, all over again. Yeah, 100%. And but but the kicker is is you have one of the best prospects ever coming out of college, one of the best prospects ever coming out of high school, and now he's producing at an NFL level. It's like, 
well, what can he do? Right? What, like, this guy can do everything. I was trying to think of something funny, like, well, can he do this? Probably. (laughs) But it's, it's, it's Trevor Lawrence. It doesn't really work on a podcast. He can do that with his hair. I don't know if the microphone's picking that up. Uh, can he make fart noises with his armpits? Oh, 100%. I'm far too sweaty for that right now. It'd be just be terrible. <laughs> oh, man, that just took a weird. All right, so let's. we're going to go out to listener questions because we're, we were talking about armpit noises. <sighs> yeah, but if, if you ever want to talk more about trades, like just hit me up on Twitter. I will happily talk through my process with you about trades. Um, I try to keep it as easy as possible because guess what? I like trading and I like trading so much that I don't need to talk about it. There are different levels. Like you like executing trades. People do just like, I like puzzles. I like putting a trade together. But so, you know what my favorite part about a puzzle is? Finishing when it. Done. When you finish. <laughs> yeah. When it's done. Like that's it's, what I like. It's about the journey, baby. No. It's about the journey. It's like, Not it's about like the when I was playing college rugby, right? They're like, did you love playing the game? I was like, no, it hurt. But what I really liked was winning. Oh, see, then I shouldn't be playing games because I don't usually win. Like that, But that's always how I've been, right? I, my te- uh, I try to win things. Uh, yeah, see, again, I, I, we talked about this last week with Robbie. I just I don't have that uber competitive gene in my body. It's just sort of broken. I'm way too competitive. I'll give you some. I'll ring no, out of you a can, towel. You can keep it. That's fine. Uh, I'm glad I know where. Special juice. Like I'm glad I know where the rest of mine is. You can have it's it from Space Jam. <laughs> Michael's special stuff. Yeah, special stuff, baby. Okay. Listener questions. Okay, I did not read any of these, so I hope they don't suck. At okay. Beryl Joffrey, why are Kane's food takes so bad? They're not. You just like peanut butter, and I don't. I was going to say, I only he have one like that I really can butter. test. He mm. doesn't like peanut butter. Peanut butter like the is... Taste, nor the texture. <sighs> Again, I'm not going to hate you for not liking something I don't. It just means more peanut butter for me. I, I think it's more texture than anything because I also don't like Nutella. So I, I don't like it. I actually a lot don't of like the texture either. for me. I, I don't like hazelnuts, so I don't like Nutella. And everyone thinks I'm crazy for saying I don't like it. So you don't... I'm going to say something everyone's going to laugh. So you don't like nut butters at all? Like almond butter or cashew mm-hmm. butter, or because I mean they also have very similar textures. So if you don't like yeah, one, you're not, not gonna like any of them. If it's not about taste, I love I freaking love peanut butter. Uh, but like, I, and and there's other foods that I, I it's not that I don't like them. It's I don't like bad versions of them, right? So if we're talking about like tacos, which I adore tacos, I think tacos are wonderful. What I don't like is like tacos that you make at home where you just pour taco seasoning on top of ground beef and like slap some lettuce and cheese on there and be like, I made you a taco. Like, no, you didn't. <laughs> That's just meat and a tortilla. Don't call that a taco. It's a disgrace to the name. All like, I know is you... I'm I'm nobody to criticize anyone's food takes. Chicken fingers and fries, baby. That's me. <laughs> Let's hey, do it. Ain't nothing wrong with chicken fingers and fries, though. <laughs> Nothing wrong, but that's all he does. See, this is also, <laughs> I, have, I have no, no, I, have no, I do not have a distinguished palate, let's say. <laughs> well, th- this is the issue that I have with, with this whole like boneless wings versus wing argument that happened like all the time, right? So chicken wings versus boneless wings. And here's what it comes down to, right? Because people say like, oh, they shouldn't be called boneless wings. But guess what? 
if me calling them boneless wings gets them in my mouth 15 seconds faster, then that's what I'm going to do. Right. Can I just if, get some chicken nuggets with sauce on them? If, right. If you want to, then they'll be like, uh, do you mean like, you know, like chicken tender? Like, no, if I, but the menu says, if the menu says it's some honey barbecue boneless wings and that's what you order, that's what I'm going to order word for word to make sure those wings get in my mouth as soon as possible. That's okay, why I'm no, at a so restaurant. You're, you're a step further. You're, you're at the point where it's on the menu as boneless wings already. Yes. We're before that. We're talking conceptually. Should they be called boneless wings? But guess what? It doesn't matter because the end result is always how it's going to get into my mouth. And that's going to be a really bad clip if you just take that one <laughs> phrase now that I think about it. But Dude, that's far too lazy. To <laughs> but that's Someone what matters will. to me. Right? It's like I, it, it's everything, even like food conception-wise, is all about how am I going to eat it. That's what I care about. And let, let's be real. I love wings. And if we're talking about regular bone-in wings, I will tell you that flats are better than drums. I don't yep. know what to tell you. But guess what? Wings are better than no wings. wings. Both of them wings, are delicious. Boneless wings <laughs> are better than no wings. Yep. If I have an option of, like, you either have to call them boneless wings or you don't get any, that's the easiest choice of my lifetime. Yes, I will. Once we're at that level, and of course, I really don't give a shit if you call them boneless wings or not. It's just fun to argue things for no yeah. reason whatsoever. It's fun to argue the stupidest crap, like, are they boneless wings or are they just chicken nuggets? They're chicken nuggets. But that's not the point. Uh, there is no point. We're just going to move on because that's it. But, but yeah, and so the other thing that I, I don't necessarily like is like really simple spaghetti that you make at home. Just like spaghetti and meat sauce, you're not in? Yeah. It's like, come on now. You just think it's lazy? Yeah, and it just, it's, there are not enough good sauces out of a can that you can convince me that that's the meal I should be having. Oh, I always add stuff to sauce from a, from a jar. Right, I, but you're going, you're, you're taking a couple extra steps. Yeah. It, some people, it's sauce noodles. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's lazy. And it's like, I, I mean, unless, unless they're Rocky and they're like, Rocky's like, I do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I just raised my hand for a few minutes. <laughs> like, and th if that's what you want to eat, fine. But like, don't tell me you're gonna cook me dinner and give me that. <laughs> though, I, it is. It is a lot of it's lazy. It's like my my mom does not do that. She she uses the jar, but she adds stuff to it. And I, I love my mom's pasta way more than I love my own. So right, but that's one of those <laughs> things, right? If you're telling someone that you're going to cook for them, right? Let's say that either of you are coming over to my house, and it's like I'm going to cook. I'm not going to try and find the easiest way possible to cook you food, mm -hmm. right? Because guess what? I'm not going to invite someone over just for me to be lazy. We could have just Skyped and I could have eaten in front of you. Like it, it, I don't need that. Right. So if I'm, if people are coming over to my house, I'm actually going to cook. So things taste good because I get appreciation when other people just says my, when other people say my food is good, like that's fun to me. Mm -hmm. And so why would I want to cook something that I don't like? And so other people are going to be like, okay, like it was fine. No, ain't for me. All right. Well, at Rect Fantasy, if you've heard of him before, what is Kane's favorite non-football subject and why? I think we just did that. 
Um, so food is close. Um, I, I think I really enjoy talking about food um, because I, do, I really, really like it. Um, oh, but it says, I thought it said non-fantasy football, but it just says non-football because if it just said non-fantasy, I was like, let's talk about the Minnesota Gophers. <laughs> but that's, that's obviously a cheat code. Um, I think the thing that I probably appreciate the most when I have conversations is like, I'm not a surface level communication person. Like, I'm not like, oh, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. Or bye. Like, that's not me. Like, I want to get like into the nitty gritty. Like, I want to have a deep conversation. And like, I want to understand like how you think and how you think the world works. So I understand more about you as a person. Um, so, and obviously there's not just one topic where you like dive into that right but i think my favorite thing in the world is probably having really really deep conversations and that that right that can span a variety of topics whether that's all the topics you're not supposed to talk about right like um people's rights um women's <laughs> rights gay rights um people's reproductive systems you know religion politics all those fun things um, that you're not supposed to talk about, right, on a, on a day-to-day basis. It can be any anything as simple as that. Or it's like, like, tell me, like, how's, how's your day going? But, like, actually tell me why your day was either good, bad, or, like, what parts were actually good, what parts were actually bad. Like, what do you enjoy about your day-to-day life? Like, that's what I want to know. Like, what are you striving to become? What are you striving to do? What do you enjoy to do that you don't get to do very often? Right. I think that's a fun conversation, too, because then it's like, well, why don't you do that? Right. What then you get the conversation that I almost enjoy even more. It's like what's holding you back from doing the things that you enjoy. And why do you think those two things can't coexist together? And like that's the conversations that I wish we had more, because not only do you understand more about other people, you understand the way that you think more, because the more deep conversations that you have with people, the more you understand your own thought process about how the world works and how you see yourself fitting in it and i think those are worthwhile conversations that we don't get to have very often and i feel like if we had more of those conversations we would just be closer not only as as you know a group of people but just as a society and as a world as a whole i love that i think i think i way more profound than i expected from bobby's question (laughs) so yesterday i think we were at the brewery and I will say breweries are a perfect time for these deep conversations because <laughs> um, the brewery that we go to is Brow, Bre- is, uh, Brow Brothers here in Marshall. Um, so if you like really dark beers like stouts, they do their main beer is called Mujus. So it's it's like a it's a milk stout, an oatmeal milk stout. So it's great. Right. Um, so props to them. Support your local breweries, all that fun stuff. Um, but we, we were we were talking and then you get like this this music flowing right and it's always at the perfect volume it's never too loud and it's never too quiet like and they're playing things from like my childhood which obviously isn't that old because i'm not that old but like anytime you're gonna like slam some simple plan on on the on the waves i'm like let's get into a serious conversation you know let's get angsty about it um so yeah we were just talking about like not just about religion, but how we believe that karma works in the world. Because I think that's a fun conversation, too. So if you just really like deep conversations, like hit me up on Twitter and we can get into it. 
That was like that was a great fucking conversation. That was just that that was wonderful to listen to, and like I completely lost my ability to segue into the next question. Well, the, to me, that's I just enjoy that, right? Because not only do now your listeners just understand me better, but then if some if you're having a conversation with another person, like you get to learn more about them. And people say like, "Kane, you're pretty intense." Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like I I I know I am, right? And like I I think some of these questions are like questions I asked Whitney on our first date. And I'm pretty sure she was like, oh my God, what is this guy doing? But it's like, I don't want to waste time. Right? I want to know about you as a person. Right? Because if if people can actually have these conversations, like those are the friends I want to be around. I don't need surface level friends. I can find those at the grocery store. Like I can have service level conversations anywhere. Give me that intense stuff. Let, let's dive in and let's actually learn more about each other. So to sum up, Kane wants to have deep conversations unless it has to do about trades. Um, <laughs> if you're actually not going to have surface level conversations, like you can go into my DMs. Nah, uh, yeah, I was you. just messing around with you. So listener questions. Yeah. <laughs> At Andrew Hall FF, how do you convince a standard dynasty league to convert to Devi? And what's the best process for doing that once everyone in the league is on board? Yeah, so I think the easiest, I'll start with the, the first question first, because that, that's the easy, or the second question, because that's the easiest. Um, yeah. What's the best process? Like adding one round, adding a single round of Devi. That's it. One round. Because, right, if you dive in and you're like, we're going to do like four or five rounds, people are, are not only just going to get overwhelmed, but they're going to feel like that they have to dive way deep, way deeper in this process that than they need to, right? So just one round, um, and that makes still makes rookie drafts exciting, right? Because you're going to have a whole lot of players that are still in your rookie drafts. Excuse me. Um, the second or the first part of the question, I suppose, is how do you convince a standard dynasty league to convert to Debbie? Um, it's just. It's just having a conversation about it. It's like, do you want to dive a little deeper? Or are you just cool with where where you're at, right? And if people are just cool with, with where the league's at, like, that's fine, right? But if someone wants to get into Debbie um, and they are thinking about it, like, just say, well, let's just do a round of Debbie for a couple years. And if people like it, fine. If they don't, you can just take that away. Like, it's not the biggest thing. Right, because you're only doing one round. Um, yeah. So if people don't like it, okay, just do away with it. Um, yeah, take it away, and then it works itself out in rookie drafts. Right. Like, um, it's it's not an issue at all. Um, but I think if you're trying to, what would you what would I, your what would your argument be if you were if he hired you if Andrew's like Kane, yeah. come in front of these other eleven people in my league. Give them three main points as to why they should turn this into a Debbie league. Yeah. So the first one is I think it's more fun. The second, I think that anytime you get into college football, I think you end up having a better understanding of football overall. And third, uh, which is the main one for this podcast, is more trade assets. Right. There's just more things to trade. And guess yep. what? As soon as a name is combined with a pick, it's even more fun. I'd also add too. I think it helps you more with your other leagues as well, the non-Debbie leagues. Like I, I'm in a few Debbie leagues, and it definitely helps. You know, like 
going into this season, I knew who Rondale Moore was better. I knew all the quarterbacks better, well, you know, well, most of them and Elijah, Moore, all those guys. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like you wouldn't have to go and slide up into Kane's DMs being like, Hey, is that 2022 class really as bad as it seems? Cause you'd have a couple of ideas of a few players that will be coming out in 2022. Clearly they'll already be on someone's Debbie, you know, taxi squad, but still you'll know those players for your other leagues. Right. So the 2022 class is not as bad as people say it is. I know, but now we're just going to keep riding it for the know, rest of the show. I just tell you how bad it is. Make sure that that's in there. <laughs> but right, but like now I'm aware of Spencer Rattler and Sam Howe, and yeah. It, yeah. It, which I might not, I mean, I, I might have heard the names, but I wouldn't know nearly as much if I wasn't in those Debbie leagues and, and listening to Kane. Well, and I think, Kane. It, I think it makes SportsCenter on Saturday evenings more exciting. That's like, it. Because even if you're just a casual fan and you're like, Oh, Rashad Bateman caught a touchdown. You know, it's like, oh, he's on my team, right? Yeah. Like that that's fun to me. You know, it's like, oh, Spencer Rattler threw another four touchdowns for Oklahoma. They're like, oh, maybe I should like watch an Oklahoma game, right? And then you kind of it's like you're just dipping the toe in, right? You're just dipping a toe into Debbie. And then next thing you know, you're in a you're in a CGC league. Um, it goes quick. Because as soon as you start getting into all this college, you're like, oh, like that does sound exciting. So I'm just going to really get into that. And that's what I want. Can you just say Max Borgie for me? Max Borgie? Yeah, I just like the way you say Max Borgie. Yeah. I don't know. There was, again, back when I listened to podcasts, there was like a few weeks where you just said his name over and over again. And then I just like giggled every time you said the name Max Borgie. Yeah, I like him. I, 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 there's no real reason behind the player or anything. Okay. okay, at Bueno Fantasy, what's a good strategy for a campus to Canton startup draft? 10 team, 2 QB. And how important is it for dynasty managers to participate in Devi and College to Canton leagues? Um, so I think we answered well, that second question a little bit. Like, I, I just think it helps overall. And I think it helps you understand, you know, who are some players that you should be looking at a little more closely. Can you explain College to Canton Leagues first, just in case people don't know what that is? Yes. So a, a Campus to Canton League is where you have two sides. Um, you have a college side and an NFL side. So everyone you have on your college side, as they go into the NFL, they instantly get placed on, um, on your NFL team. So it's basically just a pipeline. So you, there's not really a whole lot of drafting for your NFL side other than, you know, if people get missed. Um, but it, it's just a way for you to get even deeper into college football. And, and the fun part is that there's two main fields of, of college fantasy football, right? Um, so we talked a little bit about Debbie, right? And that's, that's more guys that are developmental that you know are going to go to the NFL, and that's the hope. They're going to be high picks for the NFL draft, things like that, right? But 98% like of college athletes don't go pro, right? So then you're like, well, what happens to the other 98%? Well, that's a fun time for campus camp leagues because then you get to draft the guys that are just absolute college studs in like small school, grader five conferences that are just absolute beasts and tear up their conference, but never really make it to the NFL. Now there's a reason to draft them. Um, as, as for strategy, um, I... You know, if you really want to get into my strategy even deeper, you can go to patreon.com slash Debbie Marketplace and I will answer all of your questions about C2C leagues. 
But for now, I'll just give you a surface level, which I always have written out and in my saved items on my phone. So I have four main points that I use when drafting um, a, a CTC team. So first, if this is so we're just looking at the college side, we're not looking at the NFL side. Um, in, in the college side, don't draft college studs early that have no path to the NFL. Seems simple, but if you're just drafting it for college production and you're doing that early, I can get a guy in like round 30 that's going to give me the exact same production in college. So I'm only drafting Debbie guys that are going to go to the NFL early in the draft. Second, so I'm thinking of the first 10 rounds as Debbie, give or take. So I'm I'm drafting off my Devi board for those first 10 rounds. I'm not worrying about what the college production is going to be because I can always piecemeal those guys in, right? I can draft Brennan Hutchinson or Brennan Armstrong um, from Virginia. I can draft uh, Hutchinson from like Eastern Carolina or whatever team he's on. Um, I can do that like in round 30. So why do I have to do it early? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Third, year in school matters less because they're actually contributing points to your team and you can win money while in college. Right. If your college team wins, you win money. So, yeah, it matters less. Right. Because normally in Debbie, you want the best, closest guy to the NFL. Right. Um, so right now you want Spencer Rattler over a freshman. Mm -hmm. Right. Because he's right there. Right. He's going to be in the NFL next year. Um, so it matters a little less. And my favorite point that that I do, because sometimes you're just deciding between two people and you're not sure what to do. Right. So let's say you have two people and you can't decide and they're just neck and neck for you. Um, so I use three main points. The first is which one will make it to the NFL? Like a simple question. What if if both answer yes or both answer no, then we move on to the next question. Right. But the first one is which one will make it to the NFL? If you believe one will and one won't, well, you just made your choice pretty easy. Right. Because you still have an NFL side that you need to have players on. Second is, which one will get there faster? If you believe both will get to the NFL, now year in school matters a little bit because we have to figure out which one's going to get there faster. Um, so if you're using that to decide between two players, I don't mind that. And the third, I think, is the most important um, point is which one will accrue in value. Um, so if you're looking at college players and you're trying to decide, you know, who's actually going to increase in value and who's going to have a good season in college, um, that matters, right? Because you want your players to be constantly increasing in value or else it's not really worthwhile having them on your team. Uh, you don't want a bunch of decreasing assets. You don't want all right. big bends on your team. Like it's not going to get you anywhere, right? He only has so much value. Do you do two separate drafts for this? Yeah. Do you do one? So it's not one giant amalgamated NFL players and Debbie players at once. That would no, be intense. No, that'd be, that'd be way too crazy. So, <laughs> so, you know, I like to draft the NFL side first. Okay. Um, and then, you know, if I end up not getting a quarterback or a young quarterback at all on any of my rosters, I'm like, oh, I should probably, you know, move up in the first round of the college side, or I basically have to take a quarterback. So it will help me in that kind of pipeline from, from one right. team to the next. And I think that's where it matters a little bit more. That's cool. That makes, um, I had a question and I lost it. Nope. Gone now. All right. Okay. Well, I mean, that sounds super interesting. 
clearly I, I'm in like one Debbie league. So that'd be way too much of a jump for me. Plus I don't really watch college football because I don't have time. Uh, so I would be terrible at that anyway, but that sounds so freaking interesting. Like I want to join it just for the chaos, but can't do that. Oh, uh, Preston Hutchinson that I mentioned earlier is on Eastern Michigan, not Eastern Carolina. So my bad. Me and Russ never would have known. How, how could we? How could we respect you after that? <laughs> we have two more uh, at Nation Bets. Is there value in picking up quarterbacks in competition for minimal assets? Drew Lock, Teddy B, for example. Yes. Okay. Um, I don't know. I was going to say exactly. as long as they're actually minimal. <laughs> yeah, right. Like you're not spending a lot of money. But here's my question. Like, do you like locking like, – I hate locking up backfields. Like I hate owning Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. Like would you go out of your way to own Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke? Uh, for the right price, right? If I'm paying like a third for Teddy Bridgewater and I have Drew Locke, okay? Because I would do that even if I didn't have Drew Locke, right? Like I would, or even if like you know one was the starter, right? Yeah, like I, the price that I would still pay doesn't change based on who's on my team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with I'm with Kane, and I'm I'm the same. And we know I like to collect lower end quarterbacks, but I don't try and lock up like Lock and Bridgewater or Mac and Cam. Well, Mac's not that low end, but Mac and Cam or something like that. Like I, I think in the recent weeks, I, I made that trade. I think uh, Cousins for Fitzpatrick in a first, and it helped. I happened to have actually Heineke on my team already, but I wasn't going out of my way to get Fitzpatrick. I just did that for the value, right? So. And and it's not like I was, you know, trying to lock down both Tua and Fitzpatrick on a team. Like that was never my goal, right? I'm still just trying to win, and um, so I think. First, if you're trading for players based on who's already on your team, like not like, oh, I need a running back sort of thing, but like if you're doing it just you lock up an entire position group on a team, like that's not the smartest. Like, or or else why wouldn't you do why don't you go out and get all the Lions wide receivers? Someone has to catch passes, right? It's like, no, that sounds stupid to say. Like, you just pick who you think is going to get it and you trade for that one. You don't trade for all of them. Like that that's never how it works out. Um, but and, just keep your values in mind. If you would do that value, regardless of who's on your team, then do the trade. And and I will say as part of my, you know, fading higher end quarterbacks, most of the time strategy, uh, I do like to get backup quarterbacks, but not ones that I think have a chance to start and only, right late in a startup or or sometimes you can get a guy off waivers that you think, you know, if his, if the starter goes down, he could produce cause he's in a good offense or something like that. I'm not targeting those guys. Right. If you had, I, you brought up a good point with, well, you brought up a point with Mac Jones and Cam Newton and that kind of stuff. Like say you had Justin Fields on a team, would you go out and test the waters on the person who has Andy Dalton just so you could say, well, I have the Bears quarterback for this season. I know the future is going to be Justin Fields, but now I know I'll probably I'll still have those first four games of the Bears quarterback. No, because I was I wouldn't be going out and buying Andy Dalton regardless of who I have on my team. All right, just like, making sure that the fact that you were just covering up a rookie and not 
no, not planting a flag on who's going to because I, I mean I think the situations are different between like Fields and Dalton and Locke and Bridgewater. Like, right, but you I, know I think, the inevitable benching of Dalton is coming. Yeah, but I, I think overall the question is then like, am I that poor at quarterback that I need to lock up that backfield? Then I think your team is at a different stage than you want to believe it is. <laughs> That's fair. Um, like, and then, cause then if you're saying that you need to get Dalton, well, why don't you go out and get Ryan Fitzpatrick then? Why don't you pay a little bit more for Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick and have the quarterback for the full season? Why are you just willingly paying for someone we know the future is bleak? Yeah, that, that's where I'm at. I would, I would rather get another guy that, that could potentially start the whole year. I, I guess uh, the one thing I would add to that is that, uh, you know, if I'm constructing another trade, I'm, you know, it might make sense to throw Dalton in as a throw-in because sure. he basically has the value of a third or something like that. Right. But I'd I, again, not targeting him. Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather have Dalton over a third. And if he makes his way into my trade and I have fields on my team, like, cool. Right. Right. But, like, it's not like I'm going out and targeting a player just because fields might not start the whole season because I think that's a bad process. Exactly. Cool. All right. <laughs> I like that. Last question at Trip Andy. What can you do to try and make this part of the off season, non point scoring season, more active in more leagues? In yeah, league? just have one person that drinks a little bit too much sometimes and starts spamming out offers. Yeah, uh, he's absolutely right in the fact that it comes in waves. Trading, right? Like yeah. we are just absolutely in a dead period. But Kane's right. Like there's okay. Let's take a step further back. And I will say the thing I say all the freaking time. Oh, you, you, you don't have to drink. Well, that's besides the point. <laughs> you can't force activity in a league. It doesn't work. Uh, there's a few things you can do with, like, league settings. Um, first two rounds of the rookie draft in May, you know, the next two in June, you know, spread things out a little bit. Or if you do auctions, you can easily split up with different kinds of auctions yeah. and stuff like that. But if you're not in the kind of league where you can do that, it really what it comes down to is I, I can't remember where the hell I've talked about this recently, but I know I have because I just talk too much. Uh, take the fall, man. Send up a trade to every single team in your league. And you know what? If you really just want to get stuff going, take a hit. You know, trade for a little less than you normally would have just to get a trade accepted. One trade leads to other trades. What happened when TJ Hawkinson got traded in, in TA, whatever the hell that was Four people were like, Oh, okay. Well, let me send a new Hawkinson guy an offer, you know, trades spark trades. People see a trade happen and they, they want to do that. They want to get in on it. So if yeah. you used to like jump into the, again, well, also going back to Kane's earlier point, if your trade, if your chat, is just completely and utterly dead until someone pops in and says, let's make trades, then you have a bigger problem in general. Right. But, <laughs> but even still, like I have absolutely done that where I'm like, Oh crap, I've been so busy and I haven't been able to, you know, pop into all 26 of my league chats and I will just go, all right, this is happening. Every single team in this league is getting an offer. We'll see how this goes. And some of them will undoubtedly be terrible, especially for hockey's in that league, but also, you know, sometimes I will just throw someone a bone just to get a trade done, just to have some action. And clearly I'm not going to hurt my team, but especially at like, it's like an unwritten rule as commissioner to me where it's like, okay, I'll do this. It might not make me super happy, but it's for the good of the league. 
And I will absolutely be willing to do that. Is it something you have to do? No. Is it something you should do? Probably not. But again, if you are bored, why not? Like it's really what it comes down to. If you can start a spark of action going, and let's face it, it's June. In a month, we're gonna get real off-season workouts going on. We're gonna get real practices going. In a month from that, preseason games. A month from that, we're getting at football. Like we're at the point, like the dead season should be ending on its own pretty soon because we're already yeah. getting those horrible workout videos. And then yeah, so soon I, it's going to be the one-handed catches in practice. And hype goes nuts at that point. Devontae Parker, get ready to sell. Okay, so, yes. Preseason um, is Devontae Parker season. Yeah. So, like, if I have an extra, like, half hour, an hour, and, like, oh, I'm not really busy right now. I, you, Russ, you see, I think Rocky's seen me do this in TA8, too. It's like, if you like this message in the next like hour, I'll send you a trade. Yeah. Everyone that likes this message will get an offer. Right. So not only does that kind of make the chat a little more fun, like, cause I think, I think league chats are important to just have, cause if, at least if the league chat is active, the league is going to be more active yeah. overall. Um, so I'll, I'll, I do that a lot. I'll, I just randomly pop in on a group me and say, Hey, if you like this, I'll send you a trade in an hour. Right. And will I get a trade done? Probably not. But at least if I send one offer out, I might get a counter or two. Or someone was like, oh, I didn't realize like this player was on my team. Like maybe let's check the trade bait of this league. Maybe let's send an offer to someone else. And it's like, then maybe a trade or two gets done within the week. And it's like, oh, well, that at least makes things a little more exciting rather than just this like, uh, we're just waiting until some news happens. And then someone puts that player that had news on the trade block and then no one sends a trade for that. Like no one wants that. And I, that's one of the reasons why I dislike sleeper league sometimes, because if I look at the chat and all I've seen is like people that have gotten news are on the trade block. It's like, I don't want to see that. <laughs> that means like the league's not active. It's just someone trying to capitalize on news and like that's that's already the start of a not super fun league yeah you should, you'd hope to be in leagues with people who know better right <laughs> which unfortunately are all the trade addicts leagues like i i miss being in leagues where i was smarter than other people and i'm not in that anymore <laughs> all right well that's that's the end of our show sheet and that's the end of our show because i am i'm tired <sighs> uh kane Thank you so yeah. much for coming on. It is you always bet. a fantastic time when you are around, and I look forward to hugging you in the not-so-distant future. Yes. Um, just know, for anyone that doesn't know me, I'm a hugger. So if Same. you see me at Canton and you're like, oh, I still don't necessarily feel safe because of COVID or whatever, just let me know ahead of time because I will instantly go in for a hug. Yep. Like, I, that, that's just the way that it is. And if you don't feel comfortable, be like, be like nah. I was like, cool. No biggie. Someone's just like Kane's gonna go running up. Someone's just gonna like straight like smoosh like stiff yeah. in the face, knock him down. Yeah, and then we can have words afterwards. Um, but like, <laughs> but it's hard for me to know. You know, I just always assume people want to hug. <laughs> and people don't know they need it, but they need it. It's fine. Yeah. Hugs are good, and I'm hopeful that we have more hugs in this world soon. Yes, uh, but before we do head out, why don't you remind everyone who you are, what oh, you yeah. do, and where they can find what you do? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Debbie underscore Kane. You can uh, follow my work over at Both Headliner U on YouTube. 
and my work at the Fantasy Headliners over there. Or you can follow our podcast, just Devi Marketplace, where we're just trying to look at Devi trades and just Devi in a better light, trying to figure out when we need to be trading people away, when we need to be trading for people, so we can continue to accrue assets the whole time and making sure that we're utilizing our players as best we can to make sure that we're actually get, making our team better and not just sitting and holding players, just hoping for the best. And patreon.com slash... Oh, yeah, slash Debbie Marketplace. Um, it's We have a fun Discord, and you get a podcast, an extra podcast every week, and you can even hop in that podcast and talk with us. So do it. Russ, it's yeah. fun. Russ quite the pro there, making sure you plug everything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I... Think he I, is a, I member of our patreon <laughs> yeah i was about to say i'm part of it everyone else should be you know, and i don't think you're in our discord it. yet russ nope i still thought we were in slack i don't check message mm-hmm. I, it, i'm really bad when it comes to multiple chat programs i know um, i just like discord because i like gifts that's really it i love gifts. Everywhere. i think they're so fun yeah actually group me's gif generator is pretty terrible now that you yeah. mention it and it takes a while for them to load Yes, and just come on, group me at group. That's all I want is to be able to just notify is, everyone at once. I, I like, love why, Groupie. That's the worst thing about Groupie that doesn't have it. Doesn't where you can exist. add everybody at once. Yes, and like it's group me at group. It like it works. It fits the brand. Just or do at it. all or what? I don't care what you call it. At everyone, do yeah. what you want. Just let me tag them. Like make me say every, everyone in this goddamn group chat. Like I'll I'll type all of that out just to be yeah. able to talk to everyone at once. Hundred <laughs> percent. <laughs> uh, but on that note, patreon.com slash trade addicts pod, you could be watching us record. You could jump in the chat. And like Nick Martinez brought up, it's called milking the prostate. Thanks, Russ. What the hell did I say to make him think about milking the prostate? Nobody um, knows. <laughs> I don't know. But and, re- hey, yeah. you can even ask me Debbie questions in the trade addicts pod group me. Yes, which too. people absolutely do. People are, like they ask a college question, they're just like, "Oh, wait, why did I do that?" At Kane, what? Yep. <laughs> you have to uh, at me, or else I, I I have too many chats. I can't stay yep. active in all of them. But if you at me, I will get to it. Oh, one hundred percent. All of mine, every single group chat besides like two are muted for me. Like otherwise, I just I wouldn't be able to do anything on my phone. Right. If it's, you if you at me, I will respond. Yes. Um, so there's that. And then ffpodshirts.storeenvy.com, which has just gone insane because today we were given the okay to make Scott Fishbowl shirts, which has been fun, but oh my God, overwhelming. Um, so we have, oh yeah, let's let's start from the beginning. FFPodshirts.storeenvy.com, where you can get awesome t-shirts, stickers, mugs from your favorite podcasts, such as Trade Addicts Pod and Devi Marketplace. That's right. There's yep. stuff's on there. Um, but And every penny goes to charity. So we are still, for the rest of the month, for the next nine days, anything that comes in, Scott Fishbowl stuff not included, goes to the Brain Aneurysm Foundation. Very good, Russ. Yes, I just <laughs> I want to go with the associate the alliteration of aneurysm association. Yeah, uh, 
But yes, so everything that comes in that is not a Scott Fishbowl item will be going to the Brain Aneurysm Foundation. We were at like a good 30, 40 bucks a couple of weeks ago and I haven't looked. So, I mean, I feel like we're gonna have an actual pretty good uh, donation for them. Uh, and again, I wish I was wearing my Triadic shirt so I could say, look, you can have a shirt with a brain on it and you're giving money to help people's brains. It just, it fits. Uh, but also, if you're looking for some Scott Fishbowl shirts, we have made a ton of shirts, stickers. If you don't have a shirt for your division, you know, either me or John Bosch or Bob Gilchrist hit us up and we will make one if we can. Um, I am very rudimentary in my graphic skills. Bob and all those people are much better at it. And John is just there. John's just there. I don't know what the hell John does. Um, but I am your host, Russ Fisher at Dynasty Outhouse. Rocky at Dynasty FF Addict is my wonderful, glorious co-host. Uh, at Trade Addicts Pod, at DAP underscore network, uh, DLF Family Podcast, rate, subscribe, review. Just listen. That's all we care about. And you know what? Deep conversations. That's what it's about. Don't just listen. Talk back and say something meaningful. Come on, guys. Good night. Good night, Russ.